Good evening, and uh, thank you for joining us here at uh, uh, LCA TV. And, and uh, before we start anything, I'd like to give a real shout out to the folks at LCA TV for their uh, continued support um, uh, for you know the school district. Uh, my name is Mike Rogers, and I'm convening the school board here this evening. And our reason for convening and uh, having this roundtable discussion is to uh, look a little closer at our uh, school uh, budget, uh, which we'll be uh, introducing in March to uh, the voters. Uh, each year, and I think probably for the last 10 years, the school board has met and we've had a, a roundtable discussion uh, to look closely at the budget, its impacts on the voter, uh, in, in our school district itself. Um, oftentimes, uh, and one of the reasons for con convening and talking about it in this format is that we don't get a whole lot of folks uh, coming to our school board meetings. And uh, I think it's, it's important for us to try to get our message out uh, to the public in all avenues and aspects that we can. But sometimes, uh, we, we miss out on some important questions uh, that come before uh, the school board, tough questions. Uh, sometimes questions people maybe are afraid to ask us for whatever reason. Um, and uh, it's important uh, for us to be, be able to answer those questions because we do know the answers. Um, and sometimes it's uh, misinformation uh, goes out to the community, uh, you know, uh, people talk amongst each other and the facts get skewed uh, somewhat in some of the information that goes out there. Um, and we'd really like to correct that information sometimes. And, and, and uh, it's also important to hear from the community, even if they have some, uh, you know, um, some, some real concerns and questions uh, about the budget. We certainly know there's a group of people out there who uh, have real reservations about the budget, uh, uh, um, property taxes, um, but um, some of those things that we have to do and handle are, are mandated to us. And I think sometimes people don't recognize that or understand that. Uh, and mandated from the AOE, the Agency of Education, uh, the state government, uh, federal government. And uh, I think sometimes people don't recognize uh, that and uh, how it kind of impacts our decisions. Um, we obviously just completed our budget process, um, but to be really realistic about uh, uh, that, every board meeting that we have, uh, it's part, the budget is part of the discussion in the sense of uh, decisions that we make. Uh, I, I think the board has always been very, very keen about balancing that uh, to the taxpayers, what the effects it will be to the taxpayers, and also what effect it will have on the educational community. Um, I think we're always keen throughout the whole year, um, and already we're even starting to think about uh, uh, 2022 budget. So uh, we've gathered here this evening uh, to try to answer some tough questions, and also really encourage you, if there's something that you'd like to you hear, uh, to, to email us, call us, email us. Um, you know, we're always up for some constructive criticism on that, uh, but we think we, 
we know the answers to the situation. Uh, you may not like to hear some of the answers, and we understand that, uh, but uh, uh, we think, and I'm, I'm very proud of the board because I think, I think they do a great job in balancing the concerns of the community and our educational needs. So I'm going to start out. I'm going to ask uh, Lincoln on my left to identify himself, and uh, I've already and uh, we'll go through the board, and then we'll turn it over to Amy, um, and uh, we'll go from there. Great. Hi, I'm Lincoln White. I'm a member of the school board. Hi, everyone. My name is Lindsay Cox. I'm one of your school board members. And as indicated, I'm Mike Rogers, school board. Uh, Kurt Taylor, school board. And I'm Amy Miner, proud to serve as Colchester's superintendent of schools. And joining us tonight is a CHS senior, Madison LaCare, who has agreed to be our moderator this evening. Proud to have Madison here. She has been a student in the Colchester School District for her entire educational career. And I'm hoping that we have inspired her as she has chosen to go on and be a secondary ed teacher uh, post high school. So congratulations on making that decision. So Madison, our first question tonight is for you and wondering if you can share with the community as a senior who has attended our schools for your entire career, what makes you proud to be a student in Colchester? Well, I think one of the main things that I see that Colchester really um, has really good teachers and they have lots of connections outside of the classroom and this helps students gain experience outside of the classroom through interviews, internships, different job opportunities and I feel that Colchester puts a strong emphasis on creativity and student voice through different activities, um, extracurriculars and we have the ability to try new things. We have the ability to try new things through um, such things such as debate, such as theater, many things for students to get outside of their comfort zone. And um, Colchester is also a fairly small community, well, at least it feels like it. And this helps develop student-teacher relationships, student-to-student relationships and connections. And I feel like I felt like an overwhelming sense of encouragement from my teachers. And gaining that connection is really valuable for me um, to go on and pursue uh, more education and uh, gain college experience as well because of these connections made. Um, so what does student enrollment in Colchester School District currently look like and what is in the proposed budget for next year? Uh, thanks, excellent questions. In 2016, the Colchester School District contracted with McKibben Demographics to take a look at what would our student enrollment be over the next 10 years. So the bar graph that you're going to see in a moment shows that our enrollment is relatively flat what they were not able to predict is the number of students that we would receive from sending towns as tuition students. And I'm really pleased to report to the community that this year we're up approximately student, uh, 30 students. And overall, our student enrollment is currently 2,144 students. So we're growing and our enrollment is on the rise. As I think about enrollment, I also think about what is our current class size. The Vermont Agency of Education asks that we follow the Vermont Education Quality Standards, which sets class size for our grade levels across the district. In grades K to three, they are looking for no more than 20 students per class, and in grades four through 12, no more than 24 students per class. As we take a look at our enrollment across our school district, 
we've been paying close attention to class sizes in each grade level. So this next bar graph will show you what is the range of class size in each grade level in the district. If you look at kindergarten, you can see we have classes of 18 to 24. I will note that 24 is a really large class size for kindergarten. We're keeping a close eye on that. All the way up to grade eight, and you can see grade eight ranges for uh, 23 to 26 students. What's important about this chart is it shows you where is Colchester in comparison to the recommendations that the Vermont Agency of Education sets forth. In grades K, 1, 2, and 3, you can see that red line, and we are above the recommended class size um, regulations through the education quality standards. In grades 4, 5, and 6, we are below the recommendation. Proud to see those numbers there. And then when you hit grades 7 and 8, we are slightly above. We're really committed to providing a strong learning environment for all of our students. And in order to do that, making sure that we are within those ranges is something that's very important to us. This year's budget will allow us to maintain all of our current programs and services to our students, but it's also allowing us to add four um, components. Two reading teachers, one at Porter's and one at Union, a half-time EL teacher at Colchester Middle School, and a full-time special educator. Um, at CMS, which you'll hear more about in a few minutes. Thanks. Mike, Mike, what are some of the other driving factors of the CSD school budget? Some of the driving factors. Um, I think sometimes uh, people don't recognize that uh, we're kind of dealing with 2,100 students and over 400 employees within the school district. Uh, I think sometimes people are a little shocked when we talk about those kind of numbers. I, I think they don't they, they know that there's a lot of students, but I don't think they recognize uh, those kind of numbers. Uh, um, second is uh, student transportation. One of the factors uh, that has driven our budget is, is busing. Um, and one of the uh, little conundrums that they have is finding bus drivers um, to even drive those buses in the private, uh, private sector. Uh, our employment rate is, is so low at, at 2% that uh, the, the, I think bus companies have had a problem with that. And also, as far as, uh, you know, increasing salaries for bus drivers uh, to ensure that they can, they can attract them so, you know, they have enough bus drivers for us to get our students. So uh, the transportation costs has increased, uh, which has uh, you know, been reflected in our budget. And it'll be interesting to see in the discussion about uh, in the future as, as far as, you know, the pressure on, uh, you know, maybe getting electric buses, um, you know, changing some kind of, the, uh, of transportation style. Uh, this is all, you know, future budgets that we're really going to have to uh, be cognizant of. Uh, salaries and benefits. Uh, approximately 77% of the total budget uh, goes to salaries uh, for our employees and, and benefits. Um, it's a significant uh, um, balance that we have. Uh, we are presently in negotiations with the, the teachers, and uh, next year we'll be going with the support staff. Uh, so that's an important role, and uh, I think Colchester uh, has done a, a real nice job of maintaining our, our quality teachers. Uh, in, in the middle of, of the pack, and uh, uh, we've been very fortunate to have a, a great group of people. The other factor is uh, health care. Uh, as some we know, and 
maybe some people have, have known through uh, has healthcare has now been going statewide. Um, as a result of uh, some negotiations that have taken place, uh, which have were completed, uh, some healthcare benefits are going to be expanded uh, to our support staff, and the support staff is is, is those folks, non-teachers, uh, custodians, uh, cafeteria people. Uh, uh, aides and interventionists in, in schools. So their, their um, insurance may be increased. They may be able to add additional uh, coverage or have other family members uh, participate in healthcare, care, uh, which is going to be, if not this year, certainly uh, in the future, a driving factor uh, for our, our budget. Superintendent Miner, could you expand upon the need for reading teachers in K-2? Absolutely. Improving our literacy performance of our students is a priority in Colchester. When I look at our literacy data across the district and I look at grades 3 through grades 9, one of the components that we're noticing is 59% of our students are proficient in literacy, averaging those, those grade levels. And what I really want to see is I want to see that number go up. One of the ways that we're going to do that is by starting with our long, youngest learners and providing them more supports for students that are struggling with reading. At Porter's and at Union, we currently do have some reading supports in place for our students, but we only have enough support for students that are currently in second grade and in first grade. We don't have enough staffing to provide further support for students that are in kindergarten. What we know about the research is it says that students are learning to read in grades K, 1, 2, and 3, and our teachers are teaching them the skills on how to do that. What then they need to be able to do is read so that they can access the content that really starts to get heavy grades 4 and above. So if you're talking about social studies and science content, you need to be a strong reader to, to then move on. So our goal is to improve literacy scores for all of our students and to start young so that as students learn to read in grades K to 3, they are then moving on and reading to learn grades 4 and above. Director Cox, this budget provides Colchester Middle School with more support in the areas of English learners and special education. Can you share more about this with the community? Yes, absolutely. So. Um, we are adding a halftime teacher this year for English language learners, and we'll also be adding another halftime teacher for special educate, um, students who qualify for special education. So currently, we do have a halftime educator at Colchester Middle School supporting our English language learners, but the current caseload for that teacher is around 18 students, and next year it's predicted to be about 30 students. And in the Colchester School District, we are really lucky to have students from all over the world who offer our schools a diverse array of experiences and perspectives. And we want to make sure that we are allowing education to be accessible for all of those students. And in order to do that, using an English language teacher is someone who can support those students, but also support our teachers to help those students access their education better. So we need to increase access for those students by providing a full-time teacher, especially as the caseload is almost doubling to 30 students at the middle school for next year. Uh, additionally, we're going to continue to have some needs in the area of English language learners, and we'll probably see an expansion of those services in years to come as the number of students in the Colchester School District expands and we get more students who have the need for those services. 
Um, as for the middle school um, needing an additional special educator, there's also been an increase in enrollment in Colchester Middle School and an increase in the needs. And over the next three to four years, we anticipate that there is going to be a significant rise in the number of students who qualify for special education services. Um, right now, Colchester Middle School has the highest um, educator density for special education services. So what that means is that it's the number of special educators um, kind of per the total number of students in the school. Currently, Colchester Middle School um, has about 101 educator density, and we want that number to be more at 80. So in order to do that, we can increase um, the half-time special educator role and make sure that we have really um, the ability to implement an ideal model of service for all of our students and for all of our teachers so that special educators can be collaborators with our classroom teachers and support students in a model that is most effective and efficient for their learning. Now that we know some of the needs of the district, uh, Director Taylor, can you share with the community what the tax rate will be and why it's so variable from year to year? Well, Madison, in order to pay for the district needs just described by Director Lindsay and Superintendent, Minor, the Colchester School District total budget is about $44.6 million, a roughly $2 million increase over last year. The estimated, and I stress the word estimated, uh, tax rate for the proposed budget is about $1.60, actually $1.5966. That's $1.60 for every $100 of your property value. Divide the assessed value of your property by 100, multiply that by $1.60, and you'll get the amount currently projected to be your education tax bill. In the next slide, we see the effects of your tax bill. On the third row from the bottom, you should see uh, values for a $300,000 $300, homestead. The columns show how much the taxes were last year and what they are estimated to be for the coming year. The amount of increase is shown in the column to the far right. So that's $144 for a $300,000 homestead. That's a 3.1% increase. Again, that's an estimate. The slide shows the increase for other property values as well. An earlier slide showed that the district's per pupil spending increase with the proposed budget is to be about 2.99%. Seems strange that the spending goes up 2.99% and our taxes go up 3.1%. And why all this talk of estimates anyway? Why can't we say exactly what the tax rate will be? And why does the tax rate jump around so much? We never seem to have any idea really of what the tax rate's going to be from year to year. Let's take a quick look, and you'll see on the slide before you now, at what Colchester's education tax rate has been for the last seven years. This coming school year, 2020 and 21, on the top row is estimated. The others come, came right off my tax bills. Notice the wide range of percentage change from a plus of 8.67% to a minus 1.9%. Yep, for that one year, 2017, your tax rate actually went down. Why is there so much change? The CSD school budget total itself did not change that much. It didn't jump around as much as the tax rate seems to. So why is that? Unlike municipal services, public education services in Vermont are funded by the state, 
not by the town. The town's salaries, the cost of police cars, the maintenance of the salt trucks, parks, recreation are all paid for through municipal taxes, also for some fees, but a good bit by municipal taxes that you pay directly to the town. Our town clerk sends you a tax bill with a single property tax amount to be paid. If you look carefully at that bill, you'll see that the total is your education taxes and your municipal taxes combined. You make out one check payable to the town of Colchester. But down at the town offices, that total amount is divided. One portion, the municipal tax, goes to the $11 million, roughly, uh, budget of the town. The other, the education tax, goes to the state education fund, not to Colchester School District. The state education fund is a $1.8 billion fund that is distributed back to the schools to provide public education for all Vermont school-age students. The difference between an $11 million town fund and a $1.8 billion state fund is the region, reason education property tax rates vary so much from year to year. Municipal taxes are fairly steady. Our town manager and the select board have a good idea of how much they're going to be spending from year to year and how much real estate values in Colchester will rise or fall. But the $1.8 billion state education fund is a very different animal. Let's take a closer look at that fund. This slide shows the education fund estimates for 2020 and 2021 school year. The total amount needed in the fund, you'll see on the left, is the combined school budgets of every district in Vermont. The Colchester school budget is a small portion of that $1.8 billion. And notice how money flows into the tax, into the education fund. It's not just your homestead property taxes, shown near the top of the column. 100% of the state sales tax goes into the education fund, other taxes as well, and portions of the lottery revenues. The top amount, that 36%, is what Vermont property owners contribute with their homestead property taxes. Income sensitivity, which we may talk about later, is shown here at the very top. That goes back to the taxpayers as a tax bill reduction. So the first step in determining your taxes is to estimate how much money will come in from those non-property tax sources. Vermont's overall economic health is reflected in the sales tax. A better economy means more sales tax revenues to the fund. Lottery revenues change. But one way or another, estimates are made in December of the previous year the dollar amounts are assigned to each non-property tax source. What's left over of that $1.8 billion must be made up, of, made up from property taxes, homestead and non-homestead. By now, mid-February, all the estimates have been made, including your tax rate. But the true final tax rate is not known until well after town meeting, when school budgets are eventually approved. The tax rate is not set in stone until the last days of the legislative session in May when the state budget is set. At the last minute, a pile of money may be transferred from the general fund to the education fund. Each year, a few days before the legislative session is gaveled to a close, a bill is passed specifying the three statewide numbers 
used to calculate all local taxes. If the governor signs it, we're done. You should see now that Colchester Homestead property tax rate is dependent on the size of the school budgets all over the state, the strength of the economy in Vermont, changes in real estate values, and the desires of the legislature and the governor. For the state of Vermont and for Colchester specifically, the big determinant of tax rates is how much you spend on each individual pupil. That's the per pupil spending amount that you will see in the March 3 ballot. Per pupil spending determines the ultimate size of that state's education fund. It is, after all, the amount that's going to be paid out for each student in the state. It is also one of the important values used in the formula that determines each town's local tax rate. Perhaps all this is more than you wanted to know about how coal <laughs> tester tax rates are set. Thank you. Uh, Mike, can you share with the community how Colchester compares to other local districts regarding per-pupil spending? Well, as you can see from the uh, slide, uh, we, we certainly do a, a very nice job in uh, keeping uh, pupil spending uh, very low in Chittenden County. If I could uh, return back to my opening comments uh, that I mentioned, uh, uh, I, I think that uh, the board has done a nice job this year as well as in past years as far as uh, scrutinizing their budget uh, we are adding as Lindsay mentioned uh, a few new additions to the school budget and this is uh, not so much of a knee-jerk reaction but a, a long-standing uh, um, need uh, for those um, teachers uh, over the years as we as we look at the budget uh, during the during the school year and from past years uh, we get recommendations from the superintendent uh, about um, uh, a number of a number of things and uh, we in sometimes are, are not in agreement is because we feel that uh, some of these things are probably uh, more urgent than others but I think in reflection when we look at their budget we really try to uh, maintain a you know a, you know a three percent level, and uh, we're we're reluctant to go over that, um, but it, it's it's a balancing act for us. And then when we see uh, year after year, uh, like the increase in the ESL population, where it's imperative uh, that we we need to act upon it. It's not something that uh, just kind of pops up out of nowhere. We can see it. And, uh, but it, it needs to fit into the budget. And then the same with the reading, uh, those reading specialists. Um, we're, you know, we're devoted to the fact of, of, of being uh, fiscally responsible in the community and understanding the, uh, uh, our neighbors as we live next door and, and, their, and their concern about the rising property taxes. Uh, but it, it's, it's certainly a, a, a balancing act that w the board has I think done a great job over the years, and as you can see from our uh, uh, the numbers in Chittenden County, uh, this is this has been going on for a number of years now, but it also has its pitfalls. Um, our need to to really strive for a three percent sometimes uh, when the superintendent will come before us uh, needing things, uh, there is there's not a whole lot of flexibility sometimes because we have been. Um, uh, use their due diligence to try to maintain a, uh, a strict budget, but it, it, it limits uh, Ms. Minor sometimes and uh, 
Mr. Waters before, uh, before her, uh, to not have the flexibility to uh, municipal, uh, you know, to manage and to manipulate uh, a $45 million budget. Um, so all I can say is to assure the, to ensure the voters is that uh, we continue and will continue to, uh, uh, you know, watch the, the bottom line as best we can with the, the mindset of trying to uh, um, have the best for our students possible. Since roughly 70% of Colchester residents took advantage of the state's income sensitivity property tax credit last year, Kurt, could you explain what it is and how it works? The, the name keeps changing. Uh, some may remember a property tax rebate, uh, then, a, then a prebate, then income sensitivity adjustment. Now it's officially the uh, property tax credit. But if you go down to the town clerk's office uh, to pick up the necessary forms, you can call it anything you want and they'll figure out what it is. Basically, the property tax credit reduces your homestead property tax by an amount dependent on your household income from last year. Notice that I said household income. That's important. It's not just your income, but the combined income of all those living in the property being taxed. The property tax credit is not automatic. You must apply for it by submitting two forms to the Vermont Department of Taxes. That's HS-122, the Homestead Declaration, and HI-144, the Property Tax Credit Claim. You can download those from the Vermont Department of Taxes website. Um, and there are also filing deadlines, so you really shouldn't put it off. You should look into those and make sure you know what the deadlines are. Most state tax accounting uh, software also is aware of these forms and would help you out with those. But if your combined household income is less than $136,500, then you may receive this homestead property tax reduction. How much of a reduction depends on how large the household income is and the value of the property being taxed. Let's look at an example of how it works. When you turn in the forms required for this credit, you provide information on both your household income and the value of the property being taxed. In the first box, you see a homeowner with a property worth $250,000. The tax bill should be $3,991. In the second box, we see a taxpayer's household income, household income is $60,000, which earns the taxpayer a $2,600 um, $2,600 credit for a total payment of $1,391. That's quite a difference. As you said, about 70% of taxpayers, Colchester included, take advantage of this credit. That's two out of three taxpayers. But I should add that very few of them probably get a total uh, reduction of their property taxes. It's, it varies according to your income. I should also add that the Department of Taxes has a spreadsheet calculator you can download to figure out exactly how much of a credit you may receive. The calculator also helps identify the kind of information you'll have to provide on the forms when you submit them. The Vermont Department of Taxes uh, website has really a lot of information on this and it's worth looking into. So if you pay property taxes and suspect that your combined household income is less than $136,500, you should investigate the details.
Thank you. Director White, can you describe what voters will see when they get their ballot? Sure, it's very straightforward. The ballot and the ballot language has stayed the same for a few years now, and it's um, dictated by the state. There's three pieces of information that are on the ballot. There's the total amount of this year's proposed school budget. There's the per-pupil per spending that we're anticipating, which is one of the slides showed is less than the average in Chittenden County. And then there's the percentage increase in that per-pupil spending, which we've really sharpened our pencils and worked hard to keep that under 3% this year. Lindsay, can you provide the community with an update on the potential facility improvements for our preschool and, and grades K, 1, and 2 students? Yes, uh, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about this. When I first joined the school board in October of 2013, we had started the rumblings of this conversation. There had been a little bit of an assessment done on some of our properties. And we have two amazing K-2 schools, both Porters and Union, provide our students with such amazing educational opportunities. Um, but the actual facilities that those schools are in are really aging. And they're also being outgrown. We have a bit of a rising student population here in Colchester, which is unlike a lot of the rest of our state. And our K-2 schools are really getting tight. So um, six years ago when I joined the board and we started talking about this, I was pregnant with my son, Dylan. And this year, he's a kindergartner at Porter's Point School. And he loves his school and his school community. And he uses a lot of the facility multi-use all the time. So their PE class and the cafeteria and the after-school space and the town meeting space is all the same room that gets a ton of use. And there are examples like that at both Porters and Union for all of the different things that our students engage in. And so as a board, we've really been looking at um, this project for several years in a lot of different ways, trying to figure out not just what's best for our students, what's best for our community, um, what's best for the cost that our taxpayers can help support. And we initially started looking at this as a um, building project, looking at creating an early education center that would support our pre-K learners who are currently housed at Mallet's Bay School with our third through fifth graders, as well as our kindergarten and first grade students. And we slowly um, started to realize that that was not going to be a possibility given the increase in our student population and the need that Mallet's Bay School has to just house our third, fourth, and fifth graders. So now we've been looking at what can we do with our pre-K students, kindergarten, first, and second graders at both Union and Porters. And we've looked at a bunch of different options that really boil down to two potential um, paths forward. One is to renovate our current or existing buildings, and the other is to build something new on the main campus that would be for pre-K through two students. We've done some initial planning with architects. We've done a lot of research, um, educational, as well as working with some engineers. We had a traffic study done to see what would happen with traffic if we were to build a new building. And there's also been a lot of Act 250 research. So as a board, we feel like we've really done our homework. Um, I think that Superintendent Minor has done an excellent job of looking at the educational benefits and um, need for our students. And we know that students who get a really high quality education in the earliest grades are going to be the most successful learners uh, later on and then be able to come back and contribute to our community in ways that help create a more prosperous future for all of us. So we really want to make sure that we're focusing on how we can support those learners 
by giving them the best environment possible. So the next step for us as a board is to hear from you, our community, about what you think our best path forward will be. We're excited to plan some community engagement events that we will share the dates for and some more information about around town meeting and really invite you all to come in and learn about some of the research that we've been doing, learn about what some of the educational needs and benefits are, and then figure out what our next step forward is. We're excited to continue with this project and we're also excited because we believe that now is really the time to um, move into the action phase and move through the research phase, engage with all of you to hear your thoughts and then decide how we're gonna move forward. Thank you. As a high school senior, I've been taught how important it is to vote when I'm of age. Lincoln, what does it mean to you to be able to serve on the school board and cast your vote on town meeting day? It's meant, uh, and it means so much to be able to, to serve on the school board. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work with everybody in the administration, the teachers, the faculty, all the people in the community. And it means so much to vote on town meeting day. Um, we've had years where the budget hasn't passed the last four years the budget has passed and we are so grateful to the community for that. When we hear from the community, I think we hear two things. Everybody wants a great education system and a great Colchester school system for our students and everybody wants us to be really smart and aware of what we're doing with tax dollars. And we are so grateful that over the last few years our budgets have passed. We think we've worked hard. Um, and this one will too, and that this one deserves to pass also. But it's important for everybody to vote. Some notes about that. So the voting day is Tuesday, March 3rd at Colchester High School from Tuesday at 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. But if you can't make it that day, you can absentee vote also. There's no deadline to register the vote. You can register any day up to and including the day of the vote on March 3rd at the town clerk's office online or in person that day at Colchester High School, which is pretty great. And you can vote with an absentee ballot in person, over the phone, or online, submitted to the town clerk until the end of business hours on March 2nd. There's a community dinner on Monday, March 2nd. And that's where you're going to hear from some of our local legislators. The uh, town uh, select board will be there. The school board will be there to answer the community's questions so they can make a smart vote and a vote that represents the direction they want the town to go in um, on March 3rd. You can always call the school district's central office or the town clerk's office with any questions about the school budget, the town budget, um, leading up to that, you know, this type of, of, of program. We really want to reach out to the community and help them understand the work we're doing to make sure the budget increases are responsible, partnered with continuing to give our students more opportunities. So this is all going to be on the school websites, all this information that we've talked about today, these slideshows, et cetera, in the school newsletters and our report to the community that's going out in mailboxes to make sure the community's updated about what's going on in the schools. And congrats on being a, you know, a new voter, and we hope that Thank the rest you. of the community comes out and joins you. Thank you. Yeah. From all of us at Colchester School District, we thank you for watching. We encourage all of Colchester residents to get out and vote. Thanks, and have a great evening.